uh, there's a lot more politics in healthcare than there should be. If I if I had to say any one phrase to to put it, that's what I'll say. There's a lot more politics in healthcare than it should be. What's up, y'all? My name is Alan Sheriff, a.k.a. Alan, the Sheriff of All Things Innovative, and this is the ATS Podcast. Here on the ATS Podcast, we talk about all things science, technology, and psychology related, and it's my hope that I'm making the world a better place, one new episode at a time. Let's get into it. So today, we're going to be talking about the future of healthcare, and we have a special guest with us today. Her name is Sina Moore. She is a physician assistant, and she not only hosts her own podcast, Healthcare Boulevard, but she helps provide young individuals information on how to navigate the healthcare field. So everybody, please join me in welcoming this very special guest today, Sina Moore. How are you doing today? I am well, thank you. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I actually can't wait to get into the subject because I have a lot of you questions, especially with my I'm own personal experiences. Like I've had, <laughs> I've had some terrible experiences, so <laughs> I actually can't wait to get into it. I can't wait to get into it. Excited, excited. All right, so let's go ahead and do this. So right off the bat, um, let me go ahead and share a quick story with you, just 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 <laughs> because I'm really eager. I went to Delaware. Not too long ago, I, it was like a short trip that I took with my mom. And I, I, long story short, kind of, I ended up having an allergic reaction to like one okay. of my um, one of my family members' foods. So I ended up going to one of their nearby hospitals, and mm. my allergic reaction had went down by the time I got there. But as soon as you know, I was waiting in the emergency room for a little while, and they gave me a few pills. I thought my, I, I thought my health care insurance was going to take care of it, but unfortunately. It didn't. And on top of that, I had to pay $300 just to get pills. And the only uh-huh. thing that's going through my head is like, what the heck? <laughs> like, all I did was take some pills. So it's like my mind has just been just going through it, trying to figure out why the healthcare system is like this. And, you know, hopefully you can shed a little bit of light on it today. Just a little funny story I wanted to share because it's been driving me crazy. <laughs> so basically, what do you think are some of the um, right off the bat? What do you think are some of the uh, fundamental issues with the U.S. healthcare system and what might we be able to do to improve it? Oh, my gosh. I, I could see that's a whole like one big one full day episode. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> Sorry for making it too broad. No, I'm naive no, no, you're in that fine. way. You're fine. And, and it's funny because if you ask uh, any healthcare professionals and, you know, that from doctors to I'm a PA and we'll have nurses and so forth, there are some commonalities in, in the response that we'll give you and there are some differences. Um, one of the main thing is for us as providers, whether it's a PA, uh, NP or MD, a lot of time we have to not only learn medicine and practice medicine, but we also have to know like the the law, the politics of, mm. of insurance, right? Okay. And most of us don't like it. <laughs> we don't like it because a lot of time we want to get in there, treat the patient, diagnose them, send them up to where they need to be to if they need to go to a specialist and uh, be good. But then oftentimes you have to, pay attention to what insurance do they have? Will the insurance cover this medication or will they not? Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't have insurance, then you have to sort of like be systematic about what you can or cannot do, what the patient is able to afford and what they cannot. If the insurance is a PPO versus an HMO, and it's it's like a whole thing. Oh, man. <laughs> so that's that's one thing, right? Dealing with insurance or lack, lack of insurance, dealing with regulations that may or may not really benefit the patient or us as providers as we try to treat the patient um 
one thing for sure that we know let, let me let me sort of give you a story to be piggyback the story you just gave me right yeah, sure. and this just happened yesterday one of the patients i saw yesterday and i was doing a lot of virtual virtual um visits yesterday and one of them came in uh, uh i saw her she was like oh you know i'm having some like i think i have covid covid screening to sort of me telling her okay should she get tested or should she not get tested and I'm like, well, right off the bat, that's not even the problem I'm going to address because I'm going to send you to the ER. Mm -hmm. The reason is, mm -hmm. she's like, oh, I'm having like a bit of like a discomfort on my chest, you know, and my breathing is not too well. And this patient have history of diabetic. She's a little older. So, you know, all that combined, I'm like, if you are an 18 year old, maybe I, I'm not going to be sending you to the ER right away. Mm -hmm. But with your mm -hmm. history... And with your age and the way I'm looking at you, she's barely able to sit up. I'm like, you have to go to the ER. Like, I'm not even going to, like, the ER is going to deal with you and help you out regardless of your COVID status, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm, I can't even ask you to come into the office because I don't know your COVID status. And that's the policy for our cleaning. And the, and the funny thing is, not the funny thing, but the devastating part is, she's like, well, the hospital that takes my insurance is over an hour away. And I'm like, well, you know what? You don't worry about the insurance. Go to the ER, mm, <laughs> right? Mm. The ER is going to help you. And the thing is, I have to spend more time convincing her to go to the ER because she was so worried about the cost Yes. that is going to, the cost she's had to pay out of pocket because her insurance doesn't cover certain things and her being essentially being punished for getting immediate care as she needed. Yeah. So I, most of the time I spend is like, I'm, I'm going to talk you into going to the ER. I shouldn't have to. But I'm going to have to because you are worried about the cost, as you should. Uh -huh. But, you know, the, the, that's an example of a patient themselves are suffering from the bad system we have, yeah. right? Because they have to think twice about, I need care, but can I get it? Should I mm -hmm. get it? Should I go into it? And you end up with some people go, the disease getting to um, stages that it shouldn't because they, they're just waiting and waiting. Um and it's it's a lot. It's a lot yes. with uh. There's a lot more politics in healthcare than there should be. Mm. If I if I had to say any one phrase to, uh -huh. to put it, mm. that's what I'll say. There's a lot more politics in healthcare than it should be, and that's really bringing us down to the to the point where you know we are we are one of the least uh productive healthcare system and yet we are yeah. the one where healthcare system costs so much so we are putting a lot of money into it where it's going nobody knows because it's definitely not giving us the result that it should wow. <laughs> you know wow. <laughs> wow. um I, I can't hear you by the way oh you can't oh yeah no we're good we're good okay, okay. yeah so that's that's one of the biggest thing and and Healthcare providers have had it up to here. Patients have had it up to here and something got to change. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I just hear that dynamic and it drives me nuts. The fact that we as patients have to fear so much is just going to get the care that we need just because yeah. of the cost. Like mm -hmm. the fact that we're, you know, the most richest, you know, nation in the globe and our healthcare system is like this and we're reacting this way as patients is not mm -hmm. good. But to hear mm -hmm. how other patients react to their healthcare system in their countries, like all over the world, is just, it makes you think, well, what is it that we're doing so wrong? You know, and when you mm -hmm. say politics, I'm thinking, okay, so is it like a, a, a government type of thing? I mean, isn't, isn't the government supposed to have some type of role, some type of responsibility when stepping into kind of, 
you know, kind of take the helm on the issue of this mm-hmm. matter? I mean, mm-hmm. what exactly can they, in, in your personal, in your personal opinion, what do you feel like they can sort of direct more of their attention towards when mm-hmm. it comes to solving this issue? Is it focusing on the humanity? Is it focusing on the economics? Is it focusing on, you know, like what, what's your kind of personal opinion on that? I think, I think one thing is that there is a, there's a lot of laissez-faire when it comes to insurances and what they can or cannot cover and what they can choose to do and not do. And in that in that aspect, every insurance is a company, it's a business. And mm-hmm. and I totally understand that business. It's got to run, you gotta make income and so forth. But at the same time, when there's no regulation, nobody regulating any of these insurances and what they should be able to pay for for and what they shouldn't there should be more of like a minimum if you're on insurance there is a minimum there should be a minimum uh set of things that you have to pay for regardless of um what setting it is or if a patient needs immediate care you should be able to cover that regardless of where they get the care Mm -hmm. and and uh and why they got the care you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um we've had people just have to you can give them this medication, even though it's the best one for the condition, given their um, uh, risk factors and everything. And we've had provider had to fight insurances to get the patients um, the 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 medications they need or the mm-hmm. uh, um, procedures they need. So, on the the Medicare or Medicaid is supposed to be like the government's response to that. But number one. The um, there are some folks who need it who do not who have who are like maybe a few dollars above what they need to be making mm-hmm. the minimum the maximum they need to be making to qualify for Medicaid or Medicare no specifically Medicaid and so that 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 makes it hard because well you're like okay I'm I'm too rich to get Medicaid but once you bring down my bills and everything that I'm paying for I barely have the money to pay for insurance mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and the insurance I'm paying for if I do end up getting insurance it's too expensive it's uh it's not covering a lot of the things I need I had to still pay a lot out of pocket and does you end up with people, a lot of people who don't have insurance because they're like, well, I can't afford it. It's between paying for something that I need to use, I may need to use once or twice a year mm-hmm. or paying or putting food on the table, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know if there is a there's a minimum, uh, there should be like a cap on on how much you, yes. insurance can ask for. Yes. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, exactly. Um, especially for everyday Americans. Like I know the the if you want to have ins- different insurance companies for the rich and the one percenters, that makes a lot of sense. They can get a specialized glycinized with all the sprinkle on it insurance mm-hmm. um, and pay for it, you know. Mm-hmm. But for those who are just everyday American working to pay for the insurance, there should be like some type of cap on, okay, you shouldn't charge more than this every month for, for these services, you know, mm. for this coverage. But we don't have that. Everybody makes their own rule. Um, and even the medic, even the Medicaid itself, which is the government insurance, has a lot of limitations because they are, they are uh, making sure that they are not paying for anything uh, that's more than the basic. Mm. You know, a lot of time, that's what it is. If you prescribe anything that's not, the use the used to antibiotic or the used to medication they'll be like well why did you give that we usually pay for this because it's cheaper mm-hmm. that is one thing i learned in school that was devastating for a lot of us is 
we find ourselves asking our teachers and professors at the time, well, why is this medication the first line medication, right? Yeah. When the other ones in the same class, why, how do you determine the first one line medications? And a lot of time it's because of cost, mm-hmm. not because, not necessarily because of it's the best treatment for the disease. It's usually, okay, it works yeah. for the disease, but really it's because of cost. So you, you end up in that situation where if the, the medication that is the cheapest for the disease doesn't work or that or, or the patient is having reaction to it, you have to fight off the insurance, whether it's Medicaid wow. or, or private insurance to get the med, you know, other medications that are mm. more expensive, but will work better for the patient. So it's, 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 it's a headache. <laughs> but you see, that's what makes it so frustrating, right? Cause that it's like, you're ignoring someone's humanity. Because if you think about it long-term, and I know it's hard for some people to consider it this way, but when you think about it long-term, when you think about the fact that you could provide much better medicines, you know, to individuals, and that will in turn obviously help them with their health, they can be Mm -hmm. more productive. They can go out, they can work more, they can achieve more, they can do more for companies. It can help raise, you know, uh, profits for whomever or whatever it is. But, you know, when we're looking at it from the outset, and all we're focusing on is cost and, oh, you know, this is just what's, if it's not doing anything for the patient and it's cheap, you know, then what's the point? Like, where's the real trade-off? Right. And, you know, it's kind of right. taking away the humanity from it, which is mm-hmm. like frustrating to me because it's like, well, what the heck? You know, like we're just going in circles at this point. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, that one cog in the machine that's causing everything else to malfunction. So it's insane. It's insane. Like it's, it's really unfair when I think about it sometimes. And for me, I just, I tend to focus a lot more on like the humility of things, you know, the humanity. Mm-hmm. Of things. I feel like mm-hmm. we need to become more, you know, more human centric, you know, more, mm-hmm. you know, humane focused in a way, you know, so we can try to figure out ways in which we can. And I know it's complicated. I know it's extremely complicated, but we definitely need to find ways to look more forward and long-term in terms of helping human beings and just helping us all, you know, get better healthcare in this world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So how do you think COVID has affected our healthcare system? Do you feel like it's impacted it in like an extremely insane way? Or do you feel like this has just helped us kind of, maybe it's annoyed us a bit, but it's kind of helped reshift our focus. I think it should change it more than it will essentially. And, and, to, and what I mean by that is, there's a lot of lessons to have to be learned from what we're dealing with um, that we thought was just going to be a couple months, right? Back in 2020, it's like, okay, all right, we'll be ready and be done, done with the COVID-19 by June and we'll all be on the beach like, oh yeah, but look at us. It's, 20, it's 2022. We're still here. Yeah. <laughs> like, we still know? here. We're still going through it. I'm we still, still eating, here. I'm still we, eating beef patties in my apartment. <laughs> like, you know, and COVID is just putting out albums after album, like encores. Like, come on now, y'all. You know, this concert is not ending anytime soon. Let's go. You know, the COVID came strong. And here's yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot we could learn from it. But I think knowing us, knowing how we how we behave and and the things that we put in priority mm-hmm. i think once this covid finally either ends or we start we start to agree that it's just going to be part of our normal life mm-hmm. i think once all of that is done we're going to go back to who we were mm-hmm. and that's just that's just the hard truth i i i think it should i think we should we could learn a lot from this in terms of there have been 
some changes uh, in terms of protocol. A lot have improved. We've been able to sort of, in terms of, let's say virtual visits, for example, that mm -hmm. was not as common before COVID, but we've come to a point where we're like, okay, we can do a lot virtually. Mm -hmm. And that's good mm -hmm. or bad, depending on the setting, right? Like trading a URI or like somebody having cold symptoms or whatever, or even a UTI. Some, some of those things that are not complicated can easily be done virtually. But of course, you don't want to get to a point where everybody wants to be virtual and then you can, you don't you don't have the space and and the setting where you're able to uh, differentiate the condition you can treat virtually mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. conditions that okay come in let me see you let me look in the back of your throat let me touch your body let me mm -hmm. see this rash is he raising is he doing this when we are going to be able to differentiate uh what which conditions and which symptoms and which signs of patients we need we can just treat and have them come back and be like okay if it's not working out if the treatment i give you after my virtual visit is not working out let's do it in person visit and let me see if there's something i'm missing you know versus mm -hmm. being able to right off the back come in and i need to see you um so i think that would definitely is sort of i want to say better our efficiency mm -hmm. um not just for providers but especially for patients because we have a lot of time people, a lot of Americans are hardworking, right? They're working nine to five. And a lot of time, most of their clinics are also open nine to five, you mm -hmm. know, especially provided. We have people already having to wait like three months to see their provider. So if they're doing virtual, I would hope that that would decrease that time period between, okay, I need care, but I can't get an appointment. I will hope because a virtual visit is quicker. Mm -hmm. It's more convenient for both parties. And if you need a, 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 a treatment plan right away, your doctor can see you, talk to you, see what's happening and get that done. So I think that is one of the best things that, that came out of it is that a, a lot of healthcare uh, um, clinics and hospitals and stuff were able to implement that because they had to. And now they'll, they'll, I think they will continue to do that for the visits that it's warranted for. Mm -hmm. And that will help both parties. Um, I do think that we'll go back to, for the most part, we'll go back to exactly what we were doing before the COVID, before the pandemic. I really Hopefully. think so. <laughs> I, <laughs> and that's just knowing human nature and knowing us as Americans. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just, I don't see us making too big of a change. You know, we've been talking about climate change coming down on all of us for however many years and we haven't really done much about it, even though mm -hmm. research, science keeps proving over and over again that we are getting closer and closer to the uh, the the dangers of it. And we're already seeing people across the world and even here dealing with it. And yet there is really isn't much we are doing about it, you know? And so seeing all of that, all the major issues that we can do something about that we are not doing anything about, even when we are seeing the precaution, re repercussions of our lack of action mm -hmm. i'm like why would covid be any different exactly, exactly. you know <laughs> yeah, i mean there's some people out there who still believe that you know they've still been li living their best lives during the pandemic so <laughs> for those people i don't even know if they feel like much has changed they're just like forget the vaccine i'm going to the beach man uh, forget the mask you know what i mean i'm gonna live my best life. and i'm just like 
come on, man. People are dying out here. Like, exactly. And, how, no, like, and, and that's the thing. Talk about politics, right? Talk mm. about places where politics have should not have much space and yet it's become Facts. the main thing. Facts. You know, like, I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, facts, and, and facts. it's like, this shouldn't be, oh, I believe in this or I'm part of this exactly. party or that party. This is not that, that's not the problem here. Exactly. That shouldn't be the problem, you know, um, and yet it is. And so I'm like, why is that going to change? It's not going to change. I, and that, <laughs> that might be a cynic tone to, mm-hmm. to yeah. <laughs> a cynic answer, but I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm it, only so... I need I need a reason to be optimistic because I uh-huh. feel like empty yeah. empty yeah. Op- optimism is like wasted. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like <laughs> I'm like I hope we we change some stuff, but I don't believe we will. I look, you're justified. I don't even have much to complain. <laughs> like, I don't even have too much to say. But like it's just like I'm at the point where it's just like I'm the type of person where okay. I'm not going to force you to get vaccinated, but if you're at least taking certain precautions that'll help everyone around you remain safe, such as wearing a mask at at least, you know what I mean? And maybe we could think of some other things, but if you're at Mm -hmm. least wearing a mask, all right, bet. But some people were just like, I don't even want to wear a mask. And I'm just like, okay, man, somebody's got to lock you somewhere. Like, (laughs) like, here's the thing. Some people, you have people who still don't believe that COVID is a thing. Who just don't believe that it's just they're like mm, no that was just a hoax that was you know there's just something they're they're doing to control us or whatever and i'm like mm-hmm. well clearly you're not being controlled because you're still out here having your own if that was the case you know exactly, um exactly. so i mean it's it's it I, I feel like to some degree in any society and every society regardless of the subject there will always be people who are not on board Mm-hmm. But I feel like if we, to have this many people, and it's like a, it seems like a very big pop, part of the population. That's what it is. Because I'm like, yeah, a couple people here and there. That's almost ex- that's expected. Nobody, no society, no community thinks the same ever mm-hmm. on any subject because exactly. we are human. That's part of our beauty. It's both. It's a it's a curse and a blessing. But to have. A, such a big popula- part of the population being like, mm, I don't trust that. I don't trust that. You know, and mm-hmm. to have healthcare providers, because we do have some healthcare providers who are part of the non- non-believer of, of COVID and non-believer of vaccine and non-believer of wearing PPE, which I'm like, uh, maybe wrong profession, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 okay. Listen, yeah. let me stop talking before people come for me. Okay. Oh no, you're good. You're good. This, this, this is a safe space. Let me, so... <laughs> let me stop talking before no, people come good. for me. Some yeah, there and what makes it worse is sometimes you know there are going to be instigators who come in you know and try and use this to their advantage. I mean, I don't even have to start talking to you about how you know. Um, how in the African community, sometimes you got like, a, you got various actors, you know, who try to pose as healthcare experts sometimes, but they're usually trying to push an agenda. So it just, and mm-hmm. so I understand the history behind it sometimes, you know, with Bill Gates and, you know, the, vac- the vaccination. I understand all that sometimes, but at the same time, it's like, this is a serious issue. Like we all need to get on like each other's cases about this. Like this is real. So it's like, we need to do what we can now to make sure that we can all remain safe in the future. So 
Yeah, that, that's 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 extremely important. I I try my best to understand all sides of the issue, but look, at the end of the day, if you're not wearing a mask, man, we got to put you somewhere. Like how do I just because at this point you're slowing us down. You're slowing us down. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Cena, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Um, uh, where can people where can people find you? Um, well, I'm on most social media, but the ones I use most is LinkedIn and IG. So if you go both on both platform, um, well, on LinkedIn, I'm Senaka Pomo, so you'll find me there. Um, I also have a LinkedIn page for my podcast, Healthcare Boulevard, which if, if you get a chance, go ahead and listen to it. And I'm very open to discussing anything on healthcare, especially career, because that's what I decided to make more of my influence is just helping people get into healthcare. It can be such a big problem trying to navigate. Mm -hmm. What should I become? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many options. And one of the great thing about that option is you have it, but it can also be a burden to sort of think about between all of these options, which one will be a better fit for me. So um, helping you, guiding you to navigate that. Cause I had to do that myself and that was a tough, <laughs> that, was, mm -hmm. that was a lot of work. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, you can find me on IG at Sena KM or LinkedIn is Sena Kakomo. Wonderful, wonderful. And yeah, everybody, please check out the Healthcare Boulevard podcast. It is wonderful. It is awesome. Um, I'm definitely about to check it out again, given the fact that I let my CNA and GNA certificates expire. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to get back into the game. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you. Th I can't thank you enough in all honesty. I really enjoyed this conversation. It was really mind opening for me. I appreciate it. Hopefully uh, I can have you back on. And uh, oh, yeah, keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate what you're doing with this one. You know, just going into and see what's happening in the world. Let's see what we can do about it, if anything, you know. Um, and nowadays we are at a point where we need more solutions than problems because we already have 99 problems, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and COVID is just one of them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Miss, 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 Miss Cena Moore, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, and have a beautiful weekend. <laughs>